Hallelujah. Luke chapter 16 this morning. Let's just get right to the word. Thank you, all worship team. They have um, sacrificed a lot. I've said this. I've asked them for the first month as we get to um, start two services. We'll work things out, but they are here beginning at 8 o'clock. Amen. So they'll lead three times um, on Sunday. So y'all remember to keep them lifted to the Lord um, as they lead worship. And You know, a lot of places, Pastor Curtis kept saying this week, and it, it really said, he said he's uh, next to a Nazarene church. He said, uh, that Nazarene preacher said to him one day, why don't you sweat and do all that stuff y'all do? <laughs> he said, well, we preach this gospel. <laughs> you preach, amen. And uh, I can tell you, you preach and lead worship three times a day in, in a Pentecostal church. It'll wear on you. You need Monday off, amen. But guess what? We don't have that. <laughs> amen. We don't have Monday off, so we need grace, amen. The grace of God is sufficient. Um, Sister Talena reached out earlier and asked us to pray for Bryson and for Dessa so y'all remember to keep him lifted up I guess he's sick with a fever and uh, throwing up so y'all pray for little Bryson and uh, he's too cute to be sick <laughs> he don't seem like he should ever be sick he's too precious um, also starting Monday through Friday there's a tent revival at Fountain Pentecostal Ministries right off 231 in Fountain um, I'll be preaching uh, Monday night. Brother Trevor will be preaching Wednesday night. Our worship team will be leading worship Monday night and Friday night. And um, just excited about that. Brother Terrell Nelson, he came um, during camp meeting and was greatly encouraged and strengthened during our camp meeting. And God just really helped him. Amen. And so we was very thankful, reached out to our church to help him with this tent meeting and just so excited about that. Amen. He's just greatly, greatly encouraged. Um, also, next Sunday, you seen the the slide the the, the slide a while ago that um, next Sunday night we're going to have a a program with the home education, and um, if you can come, please do. I know Sister Kaylin has worked very hard on that, and I know that it's going to be good. Amen. The one they did during Christmas was phenomenal, and so I, I know that I've heard this one is is nothing short of but going to be better amen we just believe that Kalen puts a lot of effort into these kids really really just leads them in a great way and so we just thank God for that amen and um, so we won't have Sunday school I know we said the prayer and the praise but we won't have Sunday school either we'll just come and they'll be getting ready for the play and so next Sunday night we will not have Sunday school either um, we will have lunch after um, our Easter service the second service um, you can um, stay and hang around or whatever, but we will have lunch after that. Um, if you can bring sides, the lunch will prov- the church will provide the meat. If you can be- bring sides, please do that. We'll set we'll do some outreach this week, and we'll set up who can bring some stuff. Amen. So it'll be a great time. We'll have some Easter egg hiding and hunting for the kids, and um, it'll be a great time next Sunday. Amen. And uh, we just look forward to that. Um, if you will, if you already turned to Luke 16, amen, I've already said that, didn't I? Luke 16, we'll start in verse 19 this morning, and uh, I'm going to read through verses 31. Today's Palm Sunday, amen, praise God, the triumphal entry of Jesus, rode in on a donkey, amen, means peace, 
But how many of you know there'll come a day that Jesus won't be riding a donkey any longer? Amen. He's going to come back riding a white horse. Amen. Victorious, ready for war. Amen. So don't take the donkey for granted. <laughs> Amen. Don't take the, the, the donkey for granted. We'll, we'll look at some of that tonight. And uh, I can tell you, I thank God that I was just that unbroke donkey that Jesus said, I have need of him. Amen. I have need of him. And so uh, I, I really wanted to preach there today. It probably would have been exciting, but... Um, the last few weeks, I've been very, very heavy-hearted, very heavy-hearted, and um, I preached this message um, Thursday night at the Cowboy Church um, in Geneva, and uh, God just dropped this in my spirit um, earlier this week, and it's been a lot of tragedy around. I told Brother Kenny and Sister Felicia they came, and Rafe, you'll have to hear this three times, I guess, because um, he'll be here again in a little bit, but... You know, you just have to follow God, amen, and um, God desires for me today to preach this message. I titled it this morning, Why Go to Hell When You Can Cry for Help? Why Go to Hell When You Can Cry for Help? Received a few phone calls this past couple of weeks. Many of you probably know a friend of mine, Peter Kreffitz. Um, I went through Dunklin' with his brother, Kevin, and uh, Pete called me last week crying, and said that they found his brother dead in his apartment in Denver, in Colorado. He had OD'd, and Peter didn't know what to do. And I can tell you, a thousand to ten, it could have been Pete at any time. If you've ever heard the original vision that I read in this church, Peter Kreffitz's name is in that. But he overdosed what they said on meth. We lost one of our own this year. It never gets easier. Two young ladies, two teens that we had ample opportunity and ministered to at Cowboy Church and also when we came here, burn up in a car this past week, baptized them when we were at Cowboy Church, had a lot of opportunity to minister to that family, but from what they said, they died on impact. And I had no intention on preaching this today, but I was talking to Brennan and Shaley. We got to talking about dying on impact. Brennan said, so dad, that means they didn't have an opportunity to make wrongs right. If I'm not saying that they were wrong. I'm not saying that they weren't right. I don't know. I'm not God. I'm not the judge. But what I am saying today is it triggered my 17-year-old's mind. It triggered Lakin when he was there, and it triggered me. Because you have to know that you're right with God. You have to know. Because at any moment, that could be any of us. I shared this a few weeks ago. A world champion bullfighter, Ross Hill, he fought our very first bull riding that we ever did in Bonifay. We shared the gospel. He heard the gospel. He fought bulls with Rafe Lamb in the rodeo arena. Had gold buckles. And I'm telling you, he was, he was the best that there was. And everybody probably would have thought that something crazy would have killed Ross Hill. A bull or something, but a side-by-side four-wheeler rolled over on top of him and killed him. And if Ross Hill wasn't right with God, I don't know if he was or not. I don't know. I don't know if you're right with God. I don't know. Amen. All, I can tell you this. You don't know if I'm right with God, but I know. Me and God know. Amen. You see the fruit of somebody's life, and you know you can tell in that life. Amen. 
And so God has compelled me today to share this word. Luke 16, 19, there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeing Abraham afar off. And Lazarus in his bosom, and he cried, and he said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed, so that which would pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from there. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, that they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded through one rose from the dead. Amen. Now Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. Many of you know this, but do we believe it? It is appointed unto man once, somebody say once, to die. Amen. I'm going to read this, Hebrews 9, 27. And it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, what? The judgment. After this, the judgment. What the Holy Ghost say, I'm faithful and I'm true. But I'm not only faithful and true over my grace and my love, but I'm also faithful and true over my judgment and my wrath. One more scripture, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse, verse 8 and verse 9. It says, In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, And that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. You know, I believe one of the greatest torments in hell is not just the fire, but being away from the presence of a loving father. Being separated from that. Let's pray. Father, I ask you in Jesus' name that you would come and anoint me today, God. And I pray that we come against any hindrances, Lord, that would try to distract your word from being preached today, Lord God. Anoint it. Have your way today. Anoint our lives, our ears, and our hearts to receive what you have to say. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Before I begin to get to this word on hell, I just want to tell you what the word says, that, that, that you can cry for help. 
Amen? Don't just take what I'm saying today and say I'm trying to send everybody to hell. That's not what I'm doing. You can cry for help. But here's the problem. Amen? Is Romans 3.23 said we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every one of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 5.8 says God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, he died. At mine and your worst, Jesus Christ thought of us and he died in that moment. Amen. Romans 6, 23 says the wages of sin is what? Death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. And I want to read to you Romans chapter 10, verse 13 says, for whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Aren't you glad that I'm whosoever today? Amen. I'm glad today that I'm whosoever. Amen. You can just put your name right there and just say, I'm whosoever. So for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That don't put any title there. It don't put any position there. It don't put how bad you are there. It says whosoever. Amen. But how are they going to know? Verse 14 says, how then shall they call on him whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring good tidings of good things. Amen. Let me just be that preacher today to come tell you good tidings. Amen. It would have to be somebody that loves you to warn you of a place called hell. Amen. I'm not here preaching condemnation. I'm here today preaching victory. Amen. That's why God gave me the title, Why Go to Hell When You Can Cry for Help. Amen. I just gave you the way out. The Romans Road says that we all sin and come short of the glory of God. But I must tell you about this place called hell. It is a real place. Amen. Let me tell you the first thing is that hell is a real place. You better get that in your mind. You better let that sink deep to your toenails. Somebody needs to say today that hell is a real place. Amen. This scripture right here that I just read to you about the rich man and Lazarus, it's not a parable. It's not a fairy tale. It's not something made up. Parables don't have names in it. This passage of scripture has a man's name in it. Has a man named a rich man and a man by the name of Lazarus. So I came to this house today to declare over your life that hell is a real place. It is not something made up. I can tell you what's not real. There won't be no middle grounds. There won't be getting to hell and making your mind up. There's not a purgatory. I don't care what that religious cult says. I'm telling you that hell is a a real place. Let me tell you, in hell, there is real pain. I said in hell, there is real pain. You're not going to be able to get away from the torment. There is a place called hell. And I'm here today to tell you that you and I don't have to go to that place because in hell, it hurts and there's real pain there. Verse 23 says it. And in hell, he lift up his eyes being in torment. Being in torments. Imagine that. Tormented. Torments. Feeling the flames all around you. Being tormented in hell. Real pain. Lifting up his eyes. Imagine the emotions that was going through him, Brother Michael. Lifting up his eyes and seeing Lazarus in Abraham's bosom. Imagine the pain not only physically, but imagine the pain mentally. Imagine the pain of seeing the man that he saw all them days in Abraham's bosom and he can't get to him. 
Imagine the pain. Imagine the pain in his heart and his mind, knowing that I got five brothers, and if they don't get right, they're coming to this place called hell too. Imagine the pain in him. If somebody don't reach them, if somebody don't get to them, they're going to end up here too. And he begged him. He begged him. He said, oh, Father Abraham, please send him to my brothers. Please send him to my father's house. I have five brothers there. Imagine the emotions that he was feeling. Imagine the pain that he was feeling. Hell's not a place that you just erase everything out of your mind and know nothing. Hell's a real place. In hell, there is real pain. Amen. Verse 23, and in hell, he lift up his eyes, being in torment, seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Amen. Let me tell you, hell is a real place. In hell, there is real pain. And let me tell you, in hell, there are real people. Somebody look to your neighbor and say, there's real people in hell. There's real people in hell, amen? Let me tell you, how do you say this, preacher? I'm telling you, the Bible says that there was a rich man, amen? The Bible don't say that the rich man had a name, but Lazarus had a name, amen? Let me tell you, is your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life this morning? Because there's coming a day, amen, that you're gonna stand before Jesus, Brother Larry, and he's not gonna say, what did you do for work? He's not gonna look at Jared Jenkins and say, oh, come on in, because you were a pastor. He's not going to look at Brother Michael and say, come on in because your mother was a prayer warrior. He, your mama's not going to get you in. Your daddy's not going to get you in. Brother Stephen, your father, Brother Buck, no matter how he served God, you're not going to stand before Jesus and Jesus say, come on in, Stephen, because your father, Brother Buck, was a good man and he served God all of these years. No, no, no. Listen to me this morning, church. That's not what Jesus is going to say. There are real people in hell and the the Bible speaks of a man and he calls him a rich man. He had everything upon this earth at one time but when he stood before Jesus and Jesus pulled out the Lamb's book of life he didn't see that man's name. Oh no, no. As a matter of fact he saw a man that had everything on this earth but when he stood in the presence of an almighty God he died once and now it's time for the judgment and now he's in the presence of Jesus and Jesus said depart from me you worker of iniquity I never knew you. I said there's real people in hell. Real people. Rich people. Rich people. Let me tell you, what you have in your bank account is not going to keep you out of hell. <laughs> Amen. I said what you got in your bank account is not going to keep you out of hell. I'm not saying if you have money, it's going to send you to hell. No, no, that's not. not rich people aren't. There's poor people in hell too. <laughs> Amen. It don't matter your status. But there's real people in hell. I said there's real people in hell. There's rich people in hell. People that think because they're good. People that think because they got a big 501 or 401, whatever it is. Amen. They got money in the bank. They got savings put back, all that stuff. Let me tell you, that's not going to keep them out of hell. They're not going to be able to bargain with Jesus and say, but listen, Jesus, I got all this money saved in the bank. Jesus don't care about that. He told us to give it away here. Amen. Many of us hold those things back. Amen. That's, we're not going to be able to stand before the Lord and, and give him our bank accounts. He said everything will be tried by fire when we stand before him. 
Everything will be tried by fire when we stand before him. Everything that we do in this life is going to be tried by fire when we stand before him. I said there's going to be real people in hell. There's going to be rich people in hell. There's going to be poor people in hell. There's going to be all kinds of people that are in hell. Amen. It don't matter what your status is. It don't matter who your Facebook friends are. It don't matter how many likes you got on Instagram. None of that matters. Nobody cares how many people liked your post last night on Facebook. None of that's going to matter. I can tell you did Jesus like it or not. None of that matters. All Jesus is going to ask you is not how many friends you had on Facebook. None of that matters. Amen. But that's things that we long for on this earth. We long for acceptance. But the only one that we need to worry about that accepts us, his name is capital J, capital E, capital S, capital U, capital S. I said his name is Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I'm telling you this morning, church, there are real people in hell. There are rich people in hell. There are poor people in hell. And let me just tell you this. There are people that you know that will be in hell or already are in hell. Hallelujah. Listen. I'm just telling you the truth this morning. There's relevant people in hell. You know what relevance is? People that move and stay up with the times. Well, they can be everything. I call them chameleon Christians. You know what a chameleon Christian is? They blend in everywhere. <laughs> well, what, what, I, I, I wish I had a cowboy hat. I ain't, I'm not at cowboy church. <laughs> Amen. If Curtis McGee puts pictures on Facebook with me with a little uh, woody cowboy hat, y'all just know that they were laughing at me. Rafe told him to do it. Amen. But you know what? I told him, I said, Used to, I'd dress up like a cowboy. I like cowboy. I like I liked all that. But you know what? There came a transition in Jared's life. Now, I'm not I'm not preaching clothesline religion right here. Just listen to me a minute. But there came a day, there came a day when the Holy Ghost spoke to my heart and he said, I'm changing you from being a preacher to becoming a pastor. And he said, What you used to wear is not what you're gonna wear anymore. You see, God did that to me. No man told me what to wear, brother. God told me. So when I went to that cowboy church, guess what? I didn't go with blue jeans. Now, brother Kenny, he can. Brother Cody, you can. I'm just telling, I told them the other night, God changed me. And so, see, I used to would fit in with them to be relevant. Well, I got to dress like them to reach them. No, you don't. I can tell you what I wear don't reach anybody. Amen. But I'm telling you, this gospel does. You see, I used to think that I had to be relevant wherever I went. Now, I understand Paul said I become all things to all men so that some might be saved. That's not what he's talking about. You don't change and you don't get down on somebody else's level. You just move in there where they are. And that gospel will always reach right where they are. Amen. If I go to that jail, I don't act like I'm in jail. But you know what I can do? I can share when I was in jail. Now I've become one of these. How? Because I can share with them what Jesus has done for me. Amen. I could go to that cowboy church, brother, and I had a suit and I had a tie on. Amen. But let me tell you, I wasn't ashamed of that at all. But I can promise you the problem in the church today is is we become relevant with whatever time that it is. Amen. We just try to move with the gospel. Well, let me tell you, this gospel never changes. Amen. I can show you a video of a church that's right here close by and I can tell you it made me sick to my stomach. I shared it with 
Pastor Curtis, Brother Russell, and Brother Rafe the other day. They said, come on to our Easter service. They said, if, you, if you're afraid of church, then you don't have to worry about us. We're going to give you a pain-free place in church. You worry about what you wear? Don't worry about that. People come in shorts and flip-flops all the time. Now listen, if you want to wear shorts and flip-flops, my friend Lane did. That's not what I'm talking about. You can dress whatever you want to dress, but if I'm going to tell people to do what you want to do just to get them to the house, that's called relevance, and that's trying to change the dimensions of the word of the Lord. That's not what I'm talking about. Amen. I'm telling you, you don't get down here to try to pull people in because whatever you do to get them in, you're going to have to do to keep them in. Amen. And I'm not about that. There's only one thing going to get them in, only one thing going to keep them in, and that is the blood of the Lamb. That is Jesus Christ. I came to this house today to tell you that relevance is not going to, I'm telling you, people full of relevance, they're going to be in hell. They just move with the times, but relevance will not see us through to the end. We'll give you a pain, painless, painless place to go to church. The last thing I knew, it cost me something to come to church. It cost me something. I can tell you, carrying a cross cost somebody something. Lane, I'm not talking about your shorts. Please know that. <laughs> I'm glad you wore shorts today. Amen. That don't bother me. But if I got to tell people, you can come however you want to. That's the problem. We're not preaching on sin. We won't ever preach on sin here. Just wear what you want. And my understanding is three services a day. They're having to direct them in there. I'm sure you are. And I wonder what judgment day is going to look like. I wonder if the same people bringing them people in the parking lot. What are they going to do when they stand before the Lord on judgment day? They're going to be waving people to hell because we just wanted to pack our building. We just wanted to count noses and nickels. Let me tell you something, church. We better wake up. We can't just move with the times. I understand you do different things, but this gospel never changes. This gospel never changes. Amen. This gospel never changes. There's been times we mobile missions goes right where somebody's at. You go right to their house because they can't come here. But you take that gospel there to them. Amen. There's been times I've seen God save people, baptize people in the Holy Ghost right in the middle of a rodeo arena. I've seen Rafe Lamb lay hands on a man that broke his neck and when he got to the hospital, God had healed that man. Amen. I've seen that. I'm telling you, I'm not talking about that. And I'm not preaching clothesline religion this morning. But what I am saying, if we try to be relevant for the times, then we're going to miss it. And there's going to be relevant relevant people that are in hell. Amen. Well, they thought they were preaching right. No, they were preaching relevance. Amen. They were preaching whatever somebody wanted to hear. God help us. God help us. I said there'll be relationships in hell that you're close to. People that you and I know, family members, mamas, daddies, children. I said, there'll be relationships in hell. How do you say that, preacher? Because I can tell you this rich man was in hell. And he said, I've got five brothers in my father's house. Please, please. Imagine them five brothers. Imagine what they felt knowing that their brother was in hell. Imagine what them five brothers saw. My brother, that rich man, he had everything here. I had my eyes on him. He was probably their hero. Now he's in hell, brother. Now he's in hell. 
I don't know if the father was alive. He said, but send that man to my father's house because I have five brothers that are there. I bet he was probably their hero. He was probably their idol. I don't know if he was the older brother. I don't know what, but I'm telling you, if five brothers had a brother in hell, I'm telling you, you and I probably have some family members that if we don't get to them, if we don't run and share this gospel with them, and if they don't get their heart right with Jesus, they're going to die and go to hell. Amen. It's time that you and I would wake up. Mom and Daddy, do what you must to be faithful to the house of God, to be faithful at your home, to be faithful in your giving, to be faithful to the calling of God that is upon your life. Your little babies are watching your life. Relationships. Relationships that we know there will be people in hell. Listen, five brothers are still alive and a brother in hell. Moms and dads, if our children don't get born again, we're going to have babies in hell. I don't want to go to heaven and know that some of my children's in hell. How are we living our life? What about children in heaven and moms and daddies being hell? You know, so many times I, my little boy came the other day and so many kids came. And Sister Cindy did a lot. Hey Amen. They were so, she said Lakin was just like, how did you do that? She said, we're the light. You don't hide the light. So that's hiding the light. But when you put that in there, it shines the light. How many babies? Mom and dads put them on a church bus and just send them to church. How many babies come to mom and dad and say, look, mom, look, dad, look at what I did in kids' church today. And that mom and daddy just turn a hard heart to them babies. That mom and daddy turn a hard heart to them babies. That mom and daddy's going to go to hell and burn forever while them babies go to heaven. Let me tell you something, men. If you're not following, if you're not bringing your wife to church, if you're not bringing them babies to church, it's time that we get on our knees and get right with God. It's time, Brother Cody, that we become men of God and start leading people the right way and quit leading people to hell. It's time that we start leading our children to the place of God. Amen. I'm telling you, there's going to be real relationships that we're separated from if we don't get born again. There's going to be religious people in hell. The Bible speaks that in the last days that there'll be a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. Let me tell you, church attendance isn't going to get you to heaven. Church attendance isn't going to keep you out of hell. You can be a member of 10,000 different churches. People used to come here and say, I'm going to move my letter. What letter? What letter? What letter are you talking about? I don't know what letter you got. What you going to do? Bring a letter to me? Amen. Tell me how mad you was at the last church and bring that mess over here to this church? It won't be long. That letter don't make a hill of beans to me. Only letter that matters is if your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. That letter from church to church to church. You can join every church in Holmes County or in the nation of America, but it don't make you right with God and don't mean that your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. The problem is, is we're so religious in this day we carry a form of godliness but we deny the power thereof it's time that God would baptize us fresh and new with fresh oil of the Holy Ghost I'm tired of religious games I'm tired of people preaching religious things and telling somebody that they're right with God when there's no fruit in that life religion people will be in hell religious people 
will be in hell. Hallelujah. Let me tell you this. This man, this rich man, listen to this. I've never seen this before. This rich man that ended up in hell, listen to the first thing that he did. Verse 24. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Can I tell you he called Abraham father four or five times? This, you know what this tells me? And listen to this, what he said right here, verse 25. I've never in my life seen this. But Abraham said, son, capital S. Can you imagine you being in hell and him calling you son? Well, that kind of does away with once a son, always a son. Son. Four or five times he says, Father Abraham. Father Abraham. You know what he's saying? He had a form, but he denied the calling. At one time he was a backslidden Jew. At one time he was right, and he knew him as who he was, Father Abraham. And Abraham called him son. That means at one time they had a relationship. One time there was a relationship. You see, the prodigal was still a son, but he was a dead son. He was a lost son. And so many times people sit in church with a form but deny the reality of who God really is. We sit in church. We play games with God. We play footsies with the devil. We want to go back and forth between the world and the church and the world and Christ. And we just play all these games. But I'm telling you that if you have a form without knowing who Jesus really is, wouldn't it be a shame to wake up in hell and still hear him say, but son, I've tried Son, I believe that in this moment that this rich man, imagine what he must have felt. Oh, my God. I've never in my life paid attention to where Father Abraham called him son in hell. Anybody else? Son, in hell. In hell. You know what that tells me? We can have sons and daughters. They'll still be our sons and daughters, but they can end up in hell if they don't get right with God. It's sitting in a fairy tale. It's sitting something made up. I promise you, hell is a real place. Listen to this, verse 25, another thing that will be real in hell. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime received thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. I hope I didn't lose some of y'all just then because I'm telling you, that's a real thing. It's a scary thing. This should awaken our souls. This should awaken our lives to the reality of hell. I got three sons too. I know that's a heavy thing. It's a heavy thing to bear. Heavy to bear. Let me tell you, I came to afflict the comfortable. To comfort the afflicted. Because we should. God's word should afflict us. Whenever we get comfortable in our lives. Amen. I'm not trying to push you to go do more. I'm not trying to push you to more works. I'm just saying as the church. We do need to pray more. We do need to come together more. 
We do need to love more. And I'm not pushing you to do more. That's not what I'm doing. But I'm saying grace will do that. And I believe God's word just comes on the inside of us and teaches us what we need to be doing. Amen. Let me tell you, inhale, inhale. Abraham reminded him. He said, remember that in your lifetime you had good things. Inhale, brother. You're going to be able to be reminded. Remember when you had everything good and old Lazarus down there, all he did was sit before you and your dog licked his sores. Remember how you thought of old Lazarus? You didn't think much about him, did you? Oh, you let your dog lick his sores. You wouldn't even give him a crumb off your table. You wouldn't give him nothing. So remember that. Remember every good thing that you had. And then I bet he began to say, now remember, I bet in that mind, Brother Stephen, I bet he began to remember the times that the grace was before him. Repent. Nah, not now. I got tomorrow. I'll come back, tomorrow. I'll come back Sunday night and get right. The grace was before him again, Christian. Remember that day? Remember that day? Remember that day? Remember everything you had on that earth? Remember? Can you imagine, brother, the torment? Because you're going to be able to remember in hell. You're going to be able to remember when them babies came running home to you. Say, Mama, Daddy, would you just go to church with me today? Some of your children's going to remember you thought Mom and Daddy didn't know what they were talking about. You just thought they were trying to rule your life. You just thought they were trying to tell you what to do. And I can tell you, them children, they know better, don't they? They got life figured out. But in hell, they'll remember Daddy. Saying, just repent. They'll be reminded in hell. Because let me tell you, I, I don't know the age of accountability for everybody. But I can tell you, God does. I can tell you, at two years old, little Lakin came to me. And he said, Daddy, I want to give my life to the Lord and be baptized. And I can tell you, if you ask Lakin at nine today, he still remembers that day like it was yesterday. He's never asked to be born again again. And he's never asked to be baptized. He remembers that day like it was yesterday. Some of you may have just shot me down and said, why, why, why would you baptize him at two? I went through the same worry. What are people going to think about me baptizing my son at two? I can tell you this. Jesus came to me and said, if you don't, you may lose him because you'll break his little spirit. His little heart's drawn to God. He was at the age of accountability at two. Now, you're not God and I'm not God, so we don't determine that. But I can tell you this. Some of you in here is playing games with God today. But I can tell you, you wake up in hell and you'll be reminded of this day. You'll be reminded of this day. You'll be reminded of the times that Jesus stood before you and said, get right, repent. You said, nah, I'll do it later. I'll come back Sunday night. No, you won't. Don't put off today what you'll never do tomorrow. Don't do it. Don't do it. Your memory will be in hell. Your memory will be in hell. You see, that woman at the well had an opportunity to resist Jesus or run to him. That woman caught in the act of adultery had an opportunity to run from Jesus or or run, run away from Jesus or run to him. There was nobody but them two. Many times Jesus has approached you at the well. Many times Jesus has got rid of your accuser so it could be just you and him. 
What will you do with that calling on your life? The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Say, Pastor, how do I not go to hell? Repent. Repentance. Repentance is the only way. You see, a lot of people have worldly sorrow and remorse. and We never repent. We come to an altar and we cry, but we get up and we do the same thing we did before. You just feel bad because you got caught. You just feel bad because your pants were pulled down and you got exposed. And so you feel bad for a moment. You feel a little bit of shame. And so you cry sorrowful tears, but there's nothing of repentance. I used to think if somebody was crying, they were repenting, but boy, was I fooled for a long time. Was I fooled for a long time? Boy, I would say, boy, we had a move of God. We had a move of God. A lot of people was crying in the altar. I thought God was really moving. No, he was trying to move, but people would give their tears up. But whenever Jesus started asking for things, they said, no. They held on to those things. Just like the rich young ruler. Can I tell you, you can have one thing in your life that will take you to hell. One thing. Do you know the Bible says that one thing took the rich young ruler to hell? How do you know he went to hell? Because the Bible says he walked away from Jesus sorrowful and sad. Amen. I don't know if after that he found repentance. I don't know. But I can tell you the last thing the Bible says about that man. He said he had one thing. And he kept that one thing behind his back. He had a list of things that he had done good. Jesus put his finger on that one thing, brother, and he said, no, you can't have that. How many of you, Jesus has his finger on unforgiveness, bitterness? I can tell you what, Pastor Clendenin said, the fastest way to go to hell is do what's right in your own eyes. Some of you hold on to your right to be right. We sit in church and we're miserable. It's all over. The fruit of that is evident. You know why? Because we hold on to this one thing. We hold it behind our back. Jesus puts his finger on that, and we say, no. You know what he wants? That rich young ruler had an opportunity to repent in that moment. He had an opportunity, Brother Ashley, to repent of the one thing, but he could not do it. And so he held on to that. The Bible says he walked away from Jesus, sorrowful and sad. First time I heard Clinton and preach, he said, that rich young ruler had two choices, sell everything he had and follow Jesus or go to hell. And I said, my God, what a reality. What a reality. That is the truth. And today that one thing gets in the way of our walk with God. Amen. That one thing we hold on to. So what is the answer? Repentance. Repentance is the only way. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Listen to me. The Bible says that this man by the name of Lazarus sat at the gate The name Lazarus means God has helped. Can I tell you that Lazarus sat there, sores all over his body, this rich man's dog just licking them wounds, just licking his sores. That beggar's just sitting there, just wanting a little crumb from his table. But can I tell you, the rich man never gave him anything. He was just sick as old dog. Just go, just go over there and lick Lazarus' sores. Just go over there. He didn't give him nothing, but he just sicked his dog over there and just let the dog lick Lazarus' sores. But Lazarus' name means God has helped. 
Can I tell you today that I believe that God sent Lazarus there to bring the rich man to repentance? Every day, every day that rich man had to come and see Lazarus there and that dog licking the sores. And I know that he had to see the grace of God there. I know that he had to see God helping, God helping, God helping. And I believe that Jesus was doing all that he could to get that man to come to a place of repentance because the Bible says his heart is that none perish but that all have everlasting life. Amen. And let me tell you today, don't resist or reject the things that I'm telling you. I'm just sitting here today to be the help of God and to stand before you. I'm a nobody. I'm a no good for nothing. You may send your dogs to lick the sores on my legs because I got a lot of wounds in my life. I don't elevate myself above anybody, but I've been sent here to be a help to you today and to warn you of a place called hell, to tell you that it's a real place, to tell you that real people will be there, to tell you relationships that you and I know and that religion won't keep you out of there. There will be a memory that is there and the only way to get out of that place is to repent. Brother Russell, whoever's going to play, would you come? Mark chapter 9. If you'll turn there with me very quickly. Mark 9. Verse 42. says, And whosoever shall be offended... And whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believe in me, it is better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and were cast into the sea. Let me tell you this. If you are causing people to be distant from Jesus and to become tempted from the Lord, you're treading on dangerous ground. If you're talking against people and leadership and people of God, you're sowing seeds of discord. It's one of the seven things that God hates. And you're treading on dangerous ground. Jesus is speaking to you and said it'd be better if you had a millstone tied around your neck cast into the sea. Verse 43, and if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell and to the fire that never shall be quenched. Where their worm dieth not, say there, And the fire is not quenched. And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where their worm dieth not, the fire is not quenched. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. For every one shall be salted with fire, and every sacrifice shall be salted with salt. Let me just tell you a few things in closing this morning. Repentance is painful. Can I tell you that repentance is painful? Because when you repent, you're going to lose some things in your life. <laughs> and if your right hand calls you, to sin, what does he say do, Cody? Cut it off. You see, church, we have to go to extreme measures, extreme measures to walk with God. 
Is he saying literally cut your hand off? He's just saying, listen, anything anything that's within reach that's causing you to sin, you better get rid of that. Because it's better for you to cut that hand off, the things you keep touching. It may be painful right now to let go of some things that you can't let go of. It may be painful right now, but what's going to be more painful? To get rid of that now so that you can go to heaven and be whole or go to hell with everything? You see, a lot of us don't want to walk through anything because it hurts. So we just want to keep doing what feels good and what everybody else is doing. Let me tell you, if the things that you've been putting your hands on is causing you to sin, you better cut a hand off or repent today in this altar. God wants to cut some things off in our life today and bring us to a place of repentance. He said, pluck your eye out. If what you're looking at causes you to sin, boy, if there's any ever been anything more true, what kind of text are you sending? What kind of things are you watching on your phone? If there's ever been a time where the porn industry is sky high, they said during lockdown, during COVID shutdown, they said the porn industry went sky high on cell phones. You better know what your children are watching. Because once that mind ever gets a hold of that demonic influence, boom, instant gratification. I don't care how young they are. I'm telling you, mom and dad, it's our responsibility to protect our children. You teenagers, what are you sending back and forth on your phones? What are you doing? If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. If your legs, if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. What things do you keep walking back to that God keeps telling you, don't go there? Anybody ever had just an influence in your life? You knew it was wrong, but you keep going back there. God said, don't even drive by there. Don't even walk there. But you just feel like you can't because it's so strong in your life. Ever been consumed? Anybody? Ever been consumed by something? Can I tell you, in order for you to get there, your feet have to be what takes you there. Your feet walk you into that place. Why is Jesus saying cut it off? Because it'd be better for you to go to heaven with a lame foot than go to hell with everything. We got to quit playing games with God. Things we're looking at, things we're touching within our reach, places we keep walking to that we know get in the way of us and God. We have so many idols in our life. So many little G-gods that rule and reign in our life. I don't want to leave this church today without there any doubt that you know God's doing all to reach you today. Quit walking to that place. Listen, little ears, what you hear. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little hands, what you touch. Be careful, little feet, where you walk. Some of you have been walking some dangerous places. And I believe there's an anoint today in this house to cut it off. Inhale. He says, their worm dies not. And the fire is not quenched. Can I tell you, number one, that hell was not made for you and I? was made for Lucifer and all of his angels out of heaven that fell. So why would we want to go to hell 
And all we have to do is cry for help. In hell, the Bible says, their worm dieth not. You ever seen a picture of the brain? What does it look like? Looks like worms, don't it? Can I tell you, when you're in hell, Cindy, that mind never dies. That mind never dies, Brother Michael. That mind knows everything. Everything. Every opportunity. Every thought. That mind is in hell. That worm dieth not. That brain is alive. That mind that's tormented our life. I never would get the mind of Christ. No, you wanted that mind. You wanted to hold on to those things. Our mind talks us out of coming to this altar. That mind talks you out of repentance. That mind tells them feet where to go. That mind tells that eye what to look at. That mind tells that hand what to keep touching. Well, that mind, I didn't want to take on the mind of Christ, so I just kept my mind. I kept my mind. Now we're out of our mind in hell. Their worm dieth not. Can I tell you, everything else will die, but that mind, keep living. Keep living. Today's your day of opportunity. Would you stand with me? I can preach all these things to you today. But the only thing that matters is how you respond. Because if you don't respond by repentance, then there's been no change. The word respond means a reaction to something. You can hear this word preached today on hell and never move, never repent. But one day, if you don't make your wrongs right, you'll wake up in hell. And you'll be reminded of this day. I didn't want to preach this today. I'm having a hard time preaching right now. I feel hell. I feel hell. I feel some of you hate me. Some of you's mad at me because you don't want to hear this. I feel the enemy. I feel him. But I'm all right. I love you. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to populate heaven. He called me to populate heaven. I don't want to populate hell. I don't want to preach your funeral. Your children come to me and ask me, where's my mama, where's my daddy? Well, I really can't tell you. I don't know. People want you to tell them. People want to take their life and you tell them that everything's all right. People want to die on impact and you tell them that they're all right. People want to die of overdoses and we want to justify Well, they were talking about God when they were high. I did too. I'd get drunk and talk about Jesus all day long. Knew what I needed to do. I left Panama City one time. Me and Mark Rister, I'd been up nine, ten days. He was in the back seat crying, I want my mom. I'm going to church and I'm trying to just get us home full of the devil. I'm squalling, crying too, scared I'm going to die. I got to get to church. I got I to get right with God. I didn't know the word repentance. But the moment that I got a little sleep under my belt, I was ready to go again. <laughs> I was ready to go again. I'm telling you, some of you has got sin in your heart today. I feel the resistance. 
Your little hands want to keep touching things. Your little feet want to keep walking there. Your little eye wants to keep watching when Jesus is here today. And he's saying, how will you respond? People ask me as a pastor a lot, will smoking send me to hell? Will dipping, will cussing, will all those things? We'll say, no, but the reason you're sitting there asking me, you're asking for permission in that will. <laughs> Your little heart wants that more than you want Jesus. I can't show you nowhere in the Bible where it says those things will. But a heart that wants that more than it wants God. knows better if you feel led to come today to pray just come on